Amen. Amen. You may be seated all over the house. I want to talk to you just for a few moments this morning on the idea of this. The keeping of arrows. The keeping of arrows. As I was in, just thought about today with the graduation service and with the thinking of, of people, you know, I see guys like Ryan, I see guys like Trey, and I see guys like Cross and Kai. And, I, and honestly, my, my heart is, is moved even in compassion because I see people that are taking steps towards their future. They are moving to accomplish what Pastor Fernanda quoted out of Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. They are plans of good and not evil to bring you about, watch this, to an expected end. In other words, there is a target that God has for each and every one of your lives. There is a point of contact in which God is, is aiming your life to accomplish. And so we have to understand, though, that as in Psalms 20, 27 told us, that children are like arrows in in the hands, watch this, of warriors. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full. But can I tell you that it is no hidden revelation that there is a direct onslaught. There is a direct attack against our children in the day and age that we live in. Whew. The Bible is clear that children are like arrows. In 2 Kings 13, it talks about, watch this, the arrow of the Lord's deliverance. I propose to you today that the reason why there is such a direct attack on our children is because I believe our children are carrying the deliverance of the next generation. I don't believe men and women of God are on the way. I believe men and women of God are here. They may be in 5K right now, but my God, they, if, we get, if we get to a place where we can raise them up to be the men and women of God that they are called to be, that's why the enemy is so against them. 2 Kings 13 talks about the arrow of the Lord's deliverance. I believe deliverance is in the hands and the hearts of this next generation. I believe that it's in these, not that have come, but those even that are coming. Those that are coming to the Lord. I want you to know, though, that there is an, I am confident that there is an attack on our arrows. Think of the arrow of a, uh, think of a concept of an arrow. And when I think of a concept of an arrow, you're, you, you're able to stand in one place. This is good. You need to catch this. You're able to stand in one place and release something detrimental to another place. When I think of an arrow, the, the Bible says that our children are like arrows. In other words, God said, I'm giving you something that though in your life you may be standing here. Though in your life you may only accomplish this, but when I give you children, I'm giving you something that you can stand in one place and be detrimental to another place, another distance, another area code. Come on, somebody, you got to understand that what God gave you, he gave you for you to release. And let me talk clearly here. I'm not just talking about natural children. We have to understand that especially in the house of God, the children of God, the fathers of faith, that God gives us spiritual children. That we may be standing here, but our goal is to see them get there. And while we have, may have been detrimental in our generation here, God is raising up those that will release people to be detrimental over there. 
I'll never forget that when I was a young evangelist and was traveling, Jamie and I were married and we were preaching at a church in Sumter. Uh, Bishop Ron Lee was the pastor of the church. And I'll never forget after service, uh, he called me aside. He said, when are you and Jamie having kids? And I said, we ain't having kids in this crazy world. And what Pastor Ron said next to me was so convicting that it really changed my whole idea of the idea of having children. When he said these words, he said, what if your children are the measure of light that somebody needs to walk out of darkness? I'm going to say it again for the people that are sitting here that some, I know I'm talking to people and you're saying, I don't, you're, you're talking to your mama. Mama, I don't want to have kids. I don't want to raise them up in this world. This world is evil. This world is going to hell in a handbasket. This world may be going to hell in a handbasket, but what if you are the one that's going to possess a generation to catch the basket? Pastor Ron said to me, he said, what if your children are the measure of light that somebody needs to walk out of darkness? And if anybody knows our kids, they are a handful, but they are heavenful too. My kids love Jesus. They do. They love Jesus. They know Jesus is real. They don't mind worshiping. They'll they'll talk about the Lord. I mean, sometimes they talk about the Lord in places that it makes me be like, all right, whoa. (laughs) (laughs) they're bold they have they all have their own personal ministries harper has such a ministry of love kai has such a ministry of compassion adley has a ministry of grace what i'm saying is there are people here that I know have been ministered to through their ministries. If Jamie and I would have, would have disregarded the idea of having children, you would have never been ministered to. Do you hear what I'm saying? I need to talk to the person that's here today and you're saying, Mama, I don't want to have kids because the world is evil. Mama, I don't want to have kids anymore because the world is going to hell in a handbasket. What if your children are the measure of light that people that are in darkness will need to walk out of it? The church does not get to call it quits when the world gets going. We are called to go to battle. We got a war on behalf of a generation. If you quit and we in the church quits producing sons, come on, I'm not talking just naturally. I'm talking spiritually. What if the church said we're done? We can't produce any more spiritual sons because the earth is going to hell in a handbasket. The Bible that I read says that the earth is awaiting the manifestation of the sons of God eagerly anticipating. The world is waiting on this generation to catch its calling. Hallelujah. Mm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm talking to people today that may not have kids yet, but you question even having them. Can I remind you that the Bible says that children are like arrows? In other words, for you to say you don't want kids is to say that you're a warrior without arrows. If the Bible said blessed, well, come on, we're going to preach the Bible. If the Bible says blessed is the man's quiver who is full, then we can easily interpret scripturally that cursed is the man whose quiver is empty. Oh, y'all don't like that kind of preaching. See, and if our children be arrows, that means they are detrimental 
to the kingdom of darkness. And if they are detrimental to the kingdom of darkness, now watch this, then the kingdom of darkness is out to destroy them. I said the kingdom of darkness is out to destroy our kids. I said the kingdom of darkness is out to destroy our kids. From clothing to books to social media to movies. Matter of fact, you don't believe me? I brought some pictures to show you as evidence. I said from clothing. Show them the clothing in Target. Show them the clothing in Target for kids. Let's, look, at, look how cute it is. The, the, the guy on the, on the float in the pool. Y'all real quiet in the house of the Lord. Y'all real quiet in the house of the Lord. There is a world that is out to attack your arrows because they know that your arrows are an attack to the kingdom of darkness. Oh, don't worry. It's all over your social media. Go, go, to, go to Disney's Disney's little tweet they wanted to put out there. Discover LGBTQ characters and stories to celebrate Pride Month. Y'all better check what's on our kids' TVs. You better, come on. I've been making it a habit lately that after they go through, um, watch movies and they go through in their own TikToks, I go through their history and I watch and see why. Because I've been given arrows that I'm in charge of protecting. And there is an agenda out there to destroy my arrows. I said there is an agenda out there to destroy my arrows. It's not just clothing. It's not just social media. It's not just shows. It's so cute. They wrapped it up and put it in books. Show them the book. A first book of pride. Oh, I know some of y'all don't like this. I know you don't like this. Preacher, we're called to love. We got to love them, preacher. We got to love them. I will not love anyone to hell. And love brings rebuke. Love brings chastisement. Love brings truth. If you love me, you will tell me the truth. I do love them. I do love homosexuals. I do love people that are in addiction. But I love them so much, I'll tell them their sin is taking them to hell. And you better find out that there is a generation of a kingdom of darkness that is packaging its agenda as cute. And if you don't think it ain't after your arrows... Ooh, I feel the Holy Ghost. I said, if you don't think it ain't after your arrows, what the agenda of this world is, is to get a hold of your arrows. Because if it gets a hold of your arrows, then it gets a hold of everything that's been penetrating its kingdom. Our children are our promise to be able to stand in one place and yet affect another. See, an arrow has four major compartments or components that make it so distinct. <clears throat> the first is what is known as the head. In this case, it's called a broad head. The second component of the arrow is called the shaft. 
The third component of the arrow is called its flights or its feathers. The fourth component of the arrow is called its knock. Everyone say its knock. See, destroying the head, watch this, come on, we, we, we just got to go somewhere. Destroying its head would eliminate its ability for precision and would create just blunt impact. Watch this, no penetration. Destroying or bending the shaft would cause an inaccuracy of flight. Removing the feathers or the flight would cause an instability in its flights. But the last and yet littlest component of the arrow known as the knock, removing the knock, there would no, be, there would no longer be an ability to release it. See, and as I was in prayer over this, and, and yes, even in prayer over an arrow as I prayed through this, I felt like the Lord gave me a prophetic declaration over an arrow. He said that the enemy is trying to destroy the heads of our children. Woo! Because hitting them here, he hits them where it counts when he gets a hold of their thinking. When they can think it's okay to be a boy, but yet they say that they feel like they are a girl. Oh, y'all don't want to talk about it during Pride Month? Let's talk about it. Because when he hits them here, he eliminates their ability for penetration. Don't you know that the minds of our arrows are under attack? The minds of our children. Listen to me, Grandma, you better keep on praying. Keep on praying that, that, that you protect their heads. The Bible said, as a man thinketh, so is he. The enemy knows that when he gets the head, he gets the power plant. Mm. The second thing that the Lord showed me prophetically is that if the enemy can bend the shaft, if he can... Watch this. If he can have parents that aren't constantly checking the straightness. Checking the straightness of their children's walk with the Lord. Checking the straightness of the company that they keep. What can happen is any kind of bend in this engineered shaft can cause an articulation in its flights. The Bible that I read tells me in Proverbs, train up a child in the way they should go. And when they are old, they will not depart from it. Watch this. The word training is attending to. The word training is a shepherding to. The word training is a sharpening. That when we would train this, David said, you have trained my hands for war. In other words, you have crafted them. See, the enemy knows that if we are not as good parents and good stewards of what he has given us, then he can cause an articulation in the shaft, and you could have a sharp head and a bent shaft. And it don't matter, because regardless of where you release it, it's going to deviate. The third thing the Lord showed me prophetically is this. He said that if the enemy can remove the feathers... In Psalms 91, it says that under the wings of the shadow of the Almighty is a place called the secret place. 
See, if you can raise a generation that does not know the secret place, then he can remove all stability. See, the enemy, watch this, the enemy is trying to create a generation that doesn't know about a secret place. See, the secret place speaks of feathers. The feathers speak under the wings of the shadow of the Almighty, that there is a secret place. And if our children do not know our secret places, woo, if we don't teach our children how to have their own secret place, then what happens is the enemy creates an instability in flight. They'll, oh, I got to preach. They'll look like they're going. They'll look like everything's going great. But the moment the wind begins to blow, all of a sudden the arrow will begin to lose focus. Why? Because there has been uh, uh, an infliction of stability. Can I tell you what brings stability in your life? It's a place that's secret. It's the secret place of the Almighty. And the last thing, the last thing that I want to show you prophetically is that if he can remove the knock, watch this. If he can place parents in a place of fear where they don't want to release children, then you have nothing to worry about because the arrow by itself will never fly. See, what is so powerful about this is that this arrow by itself it's not really deadly. But this arrow in component with another instrument called a bow. I want you to say this. Every arrow has a bow. Because you cannot release. My God, I feel this. Woo. See, what the enemy is trying to do is he is trying to raise a generation that you're okay with the head, you're okay with the shaft, you're okay with the flights, but it's the releasing part that scares you. It's the releasing part that you're not okay with. But what God sent me to tell you today is this, that every arrow needs a bow. Every arrow needs somebody that will grip, grip hold of, begin to pull back. Come on, you need to catch that. Children, listen to me. I know that you feel like your parents sometimes are pulling you back. Some of you have been saying, why are you holding me back? They ain't holding you back. They are just a calculating for the moment of release. Spiritual sons and daughters, let me talk to you. Spiritual sons and daughters, let me talk to you. Because there are moments that you will feel like your spiritual parents are holding you back. Why well, I'm ready to preach. No, you're not. Sit down. I don't know why he's holding me back. I'm not holding you back. I'm calculating for the moment of release. Everything that's going to be released with power... has to be calculated first. Once it's calculated, watch this, it has to be drawn back. Some of y'all been feeling like you're in a season of setbacks. It's not a setback, it's a setup. God is getting you in a place where he can release you to the destiny, to the purpose, to the calling, to the plan, to the ministry, to the marriage, to the relationships, to the things that he has for you. I want to move towards closing with the passage of Scripture out of 2 Kings, and I'm done. 2 Kings 11, verse 1. I've never seen this. I've read this Bible front to back. Never seen this Scripture in any context that it resonated with me. 
until I was studying this week when it said this in 2 Kings 11 and 1. And when Athaliah, the mother of Azar, saw that her son was dead, she arose and destroyed all the royal heirs. But Jehosheba, the daughter of King Joram, the sister of Azar, took Joash, the son of Azar, and stole him away from among the king's sons who were being murdered. And they hid him and his nurse in the bedroom of Athiah so that he was not killed. Watch this, verse 3. So he was hidden with her in the house of the Lord for six years while Athiah reigned over the land. I need to break this down to you real quick. Athaliah was an evil ruler. Watch this. But in, in, in the place with... With what, they, what they had was a direct attack to kill anything of lineage and legacy. Watch this, watch this, watch this. You have to understand that when Athaliah saw that her son was dead, she arose and destroyed all of the royal heirs. In other words, she was so evil that when her son died, she arose and she began killing every generation after him. Y'all think it's crazy if you watch CNN. This is some CNN, this is some Fox News stuff right here. Hearing about a, a grandmother that went on a killing spree of killing all of her grandbabies, of all of her little, of all of her little children, of anything that would have had right to the throne, she killed it. I, I need you to understand the context of this. But watch this. It says, but Jesheba, the daughter of King Joram, the sister of of Aziah took Joash, the son of Aziah, and stole him. She hid him. She hid him away from among the king's sons who were being murdered. And they hid him and his nurse in the bedroom from Athaliah so that he was not killed. So he was hidden with her in the house of the Lord for six years while Athaliah reigned over the land. There's four things I want to give you in closing out of this passage of Scripture. If you're taking notes, write these down. The first thing that you need to understand is that the enemy of our children is ruthless. The enemy of your children is not going to play fair. Athaliah had no character. Athaliah had no compassion. Athaliah had no regard for life. And neither does the enemy of your children. The enemy of our children is plain ruthless. The enemy, I don't care what you want. You can call her Jezebel. You can call her what, Delilah. You can call her whatever you want. But I will tell you this. She will slit the throat of your children. She will break the shaft of your arrows. She will disembody the heads of your children. She will strip the feathers of your arrow. She will remove the knock so that you can't release your arrows. Why? Because our enemy is a ruthless enemy. There is no compassion. You can't lay on the sideline and think everything's okay. Oh, I feel that spirit of complacency. You can't lay on the sideline and just think everything's going to be all right with our kids. I, I intentionally send my kids to private school. Emmanuel Christian School. I don't mind telling you. 
I send them there. Why? Because I know that they're not going to be crammed down their throats with some detrimental kingdom of darkness garbage that the schools want to push into our children. And I hear some of you, some of you right now saying, well, I can't afford to send my kids to private school. Well, I, while I understand that, I also know that I had to make some lifestyle changes to afford it. You're right. Maybe you don't get to drive the Lexus. Maybe you got to drive a Corsica. But my God, you're going to put elements in place that protect your children. Y'all real quiet. It's fine. I don't care. Your enemy's ruthless, and so I got to be I got to be ruthless this morning. But here's the other truth of it though. Okay, send, they go to they go to um they go to they go to public school. That's fine. But you don't get to when they're home. You don't get to just just not even address anything that that that's going on in their life. You don't get to sit at the dinner table and ask them how their day was and, 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 and get some generic answer if it was good when they were at school and there was a girl cutting her wrist in the bathroom. The enemy of our children is ruthless. You don't get to play fair with this enemy. The second thing that I need you to understand is your children's potential is what makes them a target. Athaliah was not convinced on killing anyone until she realized that her throne was in jeopardy. When Athaliah realized that her throne was in jeopardy, she killed every generation that was coming after her. So what do we discover here? That it's not that the enemy is as much intimidated about our arrows He's intimidated about their point of contact. An arrow in the quiver doesn't bother a warrior. But the moment that that arrow is pulled out, placed in a bow, and the knock is snapped, is snapped to the string, and all of a sudden that arrow begins to get pulled back. See, it's not the arrow that bothers the enemy. It's the potential that that arrow possesses. Can I tell you the reason why your kids are under attack? It's not because you've done a bad job as a parent. It's not because you're a terrible mom. Not because you're a terrible dad. It's because of the potential that God has marked them with that the enemy is after I came to talk to somebody on how to keep your arrows today. And when I meant keep, I didn't mean to keep them in the quiver. I meant to protect them. The keeping of arrows like you keep a garden. I don't keep a garden to where it doesn't produce anything. I keep it so it does produce something. The third thing that you need to understand, I'm wrapping this thing up because I can tell some of y'all real mad at me. It's fine. Catch me on a hot dog. The third thing that you need to find, you ready for this? I'm going to drink some water because we're just going, we're going to about sling some arrows in here. Hold on. The third thing that you need to know is that the keeping of arrows starts at home. Watch this. Watch this. It was his mama that protected him. Some of y'all mad at the church. You mad at the church because we didn't keep your kid. 
You mad at the church because they, they ain't got a youth event every single night of the week. You mad at the church because all they do down in Kingdom Kids is sing some songs, do a little Bible, and do a little prayer. Can I tell you, I ain't got a problem with it when it's more than they're getting at home. If the only place your children pray is at church, then you as a parent are in error. If the only place your kids hear the name Jesus is at church. I came to tell somebody how to keep your arrows today. If, the, if you think it's the church's job to spiritually raise your kids, you are in error. It's your job. You a single mama? Then be a single mama and raise your kids spiritually. I'm looking at one. I said, I'm looking at one. She's done a fine job. You don't get excuses because your enemy ain't going to use no excuse when he comes to cut their throat. You got to learn to keep the arrows. The fourth thing that I'm going to tell you, and I'm done. The fourth thing that I will tell you that I realized from this story, you ready? First, the enemy of our children is ruthless. Second, the children's potential is what makes them a target. Third, the keeping of the arrow starts at home. Fourth, is there is safety in the Lord's house. Let me tell you something. You don't get to raise a family in this day, in this hour, outside of church and everything end well for the family. I don't know about you, but church for me is a safe haven. It's a strong tower. It's a place that I can come to. And here's the amazing thing. Jamie and I don't go on record as saying we got a perfect marriage. Jamie and I don't go on record as saying we're the best parents. Jamie and I, matter of fact, we, we vocalize many times. We feel like we are failing as parents. Why? Because we have so many other spiritual children that we're trying to tend to as well. Can I be raw and transparent this morning? But I'm telling you this, that it's the tribe that gathers around us. That when I feel insufficient, they come alongside. They got more uncles and aunts than they ever dreamed of. Do you know how many times I've answered the question, Daddy, is Uncle Derek really our uncle? Daddy, is Uncle Jackie really our uncle? Daddy, is Uncle Jason really our uncle? No, not really, but yeah, kind of. Because some of them are the only family that they've ever known. My family's not, not around. This is my family. This is my family. And what am I telling you? You need a family. This lie that is on attack in our culture, that you don't need church, that you don't need to gather, oh, that all churches are after is your money, and, and, and preachers are all corrupt. My God, it ain't about the preacher. It ain't about the money. It's about the family of God gathering together. You're going to find out Life Group will give you far more than this preacher could ever give you. You're going to find out that there's streams of community that weave through this body that go much deeper than what a phone call even with me would go. 
We're destroying a one-man show mentality. Why? Because we understand there is a company of people that need community, and they can't get it from one man. Listen to me, some of you, some of you are here today. You, you bought, bought into the lie, like, I, I don't need church. You know, church is an accessory. Let me tell you something. There's a reason why in the state of South Carolina when COVID hit, there was a law that was put in place that only essential workers could work. I was building houses during that time. See, I said I was building something during that time. And because I was building something during that time, I was able to go to work. There was another thing that was considered essential, and I'm thankful. I don't care if you like them or hate them or not, but I'm thankful for government leaders, uh, 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 Governor McMaster, that had in place in this time during COVID that churches could not be infringed upon in their meeting, that it was considered essential. Hold on, because I'm coming. I'm coming for you this morning. Why is it that church was considered essential then in the midst of a pandemic, but now we have a generation that thinks church is not a necessity? She took her son and she hid him in the house of the Lord. Her son made it. Her son lived because he had a mama that would hide him in the house of the Lord. Stand with me all over this house. This is what I want to do today. Yesterday we went to the lake just as a family. I was there though with Pops. Many of y'all know his spiritual father, me, Pastor Devon. Pop said something so, so true that rang in my heart today. And I didn't realize it. His little grandson, Louder, was with us. And that was a prophetic name for Louder. <laughs> Some of you get that. But every time a boat would ride by, little Louder would yell, Masticus! Gun it! He'd say, Gun it! And we were sitting there, and this jet ski came by, and he mashed the gas and did what Louder asked him to do. And Louder started jumping. He did it, he did it, he mashed the gas. And Pops looked at me, and he said, oh, to be excited over things like that again. There's people right here under the sound of my voice and the things that used to excite you don't excite you anymore but they still excite your children maybe serving God doesn't excite you anymore my prayer is that you would see the intimacy and the intentionality of our children and it would stir your heart back to a relationship with God where you would get excited about God again. You're here today. This is all I would ask you to do. You got kids, spiritual or natural. Maybe you're a newly married couple, an engaged couple, thinking about having kids, or maybe you came in here today with a mentality that said, I don't want kids. 
because of the way this world is. And I know this message came for your chest today. Good. But this is what I know. Like an arrow in the hands of a warrior, our children.